You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. All right, welcome back. I've been looking forward to this episode for a few weeks now, probably uh, more than any other episode, uh, I think, other than Harley from Shopify. So today, I've got Lexi Davidson here. She's the creator behind LexiesCleanKitchen.com which in my household is our go-to for clean and paleo-oriented recipes. Lexi is the face of the brand. It's her Instagram, it's her recipes, all that good stuff. Uh, She's actually become friendly with my wife, Emily, so I thought I'd invite her on, and she excited. Uh, She accepted. And uh, the context behind today's episode is that over the last year, I've done 300 episodes now. Pretty much every brand founder I've met with is telling me that they're driving success with influencer marketing. Find incredible creators with existing audiences to help launch their products or market their products, usually for a free product or for a fee. Lexi's an influencer. I looked on her profile. She has over 175,000 followers on Instagram over 300,000 followers on Facebook, uh, which is just insane, and a thriving website at LexiesCleanKitchen.com where she posts recipes and a whole bunch of other stuff. Lexi, thank you for making the time. It's an honor to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm like, wow, I feel up there with, you know, Shopify and feel on top of the world right now. So thanks for that. Of course. So yeah, let's start with, you know, your, your story. I know we have a lot to cover, so maybe we'll just do a yes. quick background, like how'd you get into it? Brief as possible. So, okay, 2013, I'm a teacher. I taught art um, elementary school, K through four. And during that time, I had all these stomach issues. And it just got to a point where I was I was about to go on the route of functional medicine doctors, that whole path. But somehow something led me, probably the internet, to... An elimination diet. I'm like, I'm just going to cut some stuff out, see what's going on. At that point, I thought I was doing like I was working out. Back in the day, I was doing like beach body insanity, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was eating like protein pancakes all day. I was, thought I was doing great. Something was not working. So anyway, I started to eliminate some things from my diet and pretty instantly and dramatically, I saw a huge shift in how I was feeling. It wasn't 100%, but it was enough for me to be like, okay, like what's going on here? Um, so then, you know, fast forward, I did end up figuring out that I have like candida bacteria overgrowth, like a bunch of stuff going on that I needed a little more help healing, but I found healing through food. Like I saw it, I felt it. And I was like, I need to share this. Keep in mind back then, 2013, there wasn't like Siete tortillas, like right. grain-free this, like it, the, the market wasn't there. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create an Instagram. And this is when I was still teaching, right? So this is just for a hobby, for fun. And I'm going to just share some things that I'm making for dinner and maybe they'll help someone. This was not a business. It was like Alexis K916. There was not like brand, there was nothing going on. You know, I was, I, it was great. The pictures are so bad. I would put, they were like, you know, iPhone 4 or something. I would post the recipe in the caption. And then what happened was I was in January, um, roughly January 2013. Come June 2013, the Instagram had started to grow, like really grow. And people would be like, do you have a place where we can find all your recipes? Wow. And I'm like, no just scroll back on my Instagram, like, duh. And at that point, I was like, okay, let me let me take this a little more seriously and try to build out a website and so I can 
reach more people. That was always my my goal. I was like, I can help people that are in the same boat as me or, you know, or experiencing things, whatnot. So that was how it started. Alexis K916 up on Instagram and blew into a website that just kind of kept taking off. And then in 2015, I left my teaching job to run the business full time. And now we have a full staff and a team and all sorts of cool stuff going on. That's incredible. I love the story. Like I said, we're huge fans. We just cooked your apple muffins, a whole bunch of stuff. I feel like we every week we're, we're doing stuff. So we it. it really is helping. So we talked about this a little bit leading up to recording, but you you were pretty explicit. Like, you know, Ben, are you sure that you want to have me on the show? Like you don't sell a product. Yeah. But in following you, I have seen you I don't know if they're paid or whatever, but like you are sometimes promoting other people's brands. Yes. Right. So I, I know that, you know, your core business is the website, uh, but I, I would call you an influencer. Like, do you consider yourself one? Yeah. I mean, I guess, yes, because I have the audience, right? Like, so any social selling is like, you know, you could see me tomorrow, Ben, and like like my shoes and be like, oh, I like your shoes. Boom, that's social selling. But when you have this large of a following that's grown over time and people have grown to trust you, then yes, I guess you can call it. Yeah, then you can call it an influencer. Yeah, don't be so, sure. you know, the I know, but sometimes it, it gets icky. The website is our bread and butter, you know, between ads and sponsor content and affiliate marketing. So all of that is how, and the website is like where it's at. Yep. Instagram is huge. It's amazing. I love connecting with my audience there. And that's different than Facebook and all that. Those are just ways to get people to the website, but also to create a community. So we have a Facebook community page on top of the actual page. So I mean, keep in mind, like our Facebook's, really driving significant traffic, which is not that like Facebook used to be a killer in the blog space and it's not so much anymore. It really, it's one of our top drivers. Um, so it's really interesting, but the audiences are totally different. You know, it's like my grandma and like, you know, just a different audience than Instagram. So now, right. Like it's just the platforms have changed so much where you have to target to the TikTok, to the Instagram people, to the Facebook, to the Pinterest crowd. So it's like, Wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. I think the the key was consistency. I mean, the quality of, of your recipes, right, was critical. But then it was like consistency that, that drove the following count. And then what? Like, did brands just start DMing you? So back then, it was less about like sliding into the DMs. It was more, it was much more like, okay, we're connecting via email or an agency reached out uh, a little bit of in, like through Instagram. Now it's different. You know, like now if you want to, if anyone here is listening and is wanting to connect with a brand, DMing them, we talk about this a little like in another podcast I've recorded, like flirting with the brands a little. Like if I use Le Creuset and all of my recipes, like if I'm tagging them all the time, we start to create a little relationship. And then I say, hey, like, or do they write to me? Like, who would be the best email to contact on your team, or I write to them, who would be the best email to contact? Because now agencies are involved. It's like, it's just evolved so much. So, yeah. Did you call it flirting? Yeah, I called it flirting. Flirting, flirting, flirting brand, brand flirting. Brand flirting. It's That's great. That's great. Do you, do you actually remember who the first brand was that, that you did something with? 
Yeah, American Express. So when I was teaching, Annex was my first client. This is really funny. It was, they were, well, it's not funny, but they were um, promoting their Tumblr. Like, and they were wow. all in with Tumblr. And so they were doing a Healthy Food Friday series on their Tumblr. And I created a piece of content every Friday for their Healthy Food Friday series. And this is when I was teaching. So I was hustling real hard. Like I was getting up really early, figuring out, like making sure I'm like, oh no, this has to be tested more. But what was really cool about that was working. And we did that through an agency. Um, and I had full disposal to their graphic designer, who is now like, I work with them a bit and whatnot. And that was awesome because we created really cool infographics. And it was cool because it wasn't like, they were like, okay, promote organically figure out how to put push American Express into your life. Like at that point, I definitely didn't have an American Express. I was like a teacher and not making money off my blog. So it worked out really cool because I was able to share anything I wanted that fit into the Healthy Food Friday Tumblr series that they had going on. So that was really cool. That's awesome. And like, you know, fast forwarding to today, I mean, I've seen you partner with a, a bunch of brands. ButcherBox yeah. is one that stands out. We're, mm-hmm. we're customers here, um, big fans. But like maybe one thing that, that would be really interesting to dive into is the actual mechanics of these relationships. So, you know, whether it's through a DM or through the agency, like what do these contracts look like? Yeah. Like how should brands think about structuring those? Yeah. It can get a little tricky, right? So there's a few ways this goes down. So butcher box, for example, for me, some of it could be paid. Some of it's just affiliate. So affiliate marketing. So where is like, let's say, Ben, you were to grab a butcher box, use my code. I might get X amount of dollars for your your first box and then X amount for your next few boxes, whatever we work out. So that's like, you know, so we have those partnerships where they're just affiliate. I find it works best when there's affiliate with a little paid behind it just to like get things going. So we have brand, we have stuff like that too, right? Whereas we just do like a series of stories quarterly or monthly or whatnot that is paid. That's maybe we do have an affiliate link, but it's not like an affiliate link for the years. It's like a paid partnership. And because I love them and I use them, and I think that's important to talk about too. Yeah. I say no to probably 95% of the opportunities that come in my inbox right. because it is just not worth losing the loyalty of my people. But so, so okay, so there's the affiliate marketing and there's the paid sponsored and then there's the more long-term partnerships where they're, they're paying for blog posts, video, social shares across all platforms, inclusion in the email newsletter and all of that which if you think about it, that's where it's at. Because yes, they're paying a little more, but it's living on my website. My website's the hub, right? Like that's where the most travel, millions of people are coming there. And, but Instagram stories, for example, which this is where the landscape has shifted so much in the past two years, especially with COVID and people shopping online, you can see the ROI with swipe ups or now sticker links or whatnot through Instagram stories they go away in 24 hours. So it's kind of a toss up. All these brands want just Instagram stories, just Instagram stories. Interesting. And it's tough. It's tough because I get it from an ROI standpoint, but I also see the bigger picture through the whole package. Yeah. So the contracts all look a little different in regards to that because, you know, it's like, do I have a reshoot fee? 
there most brands, and this is like, I don't know if I should share this, but I'm going to share it. They try to sneak in that they have full rights to use my face, my likeness, my copy, my stuff, right. on everything. And it's like, no, that's where over the past however many years, I've kind of, not, I have a lawyer as well, but like, yeah. I kind of learned to read contracts because like understand them in a certain way because no, after two years, you shouldn't, and you can't be using that in a certain way unpaid, you know, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, but also like, you know, if, if a brand were to hire a recipe developer and a photographer, they'd have them on salary for hundreds of, maybe that, uh, you know, six figure salaries plus benefits and all that. So it gets a little like dicey when it's like, oh, we want this from you and we'll just give you $20 in product. It's like, that's hours yeah. of my time and my team's time. We don't mess around. We test some of these recipes like 20, 30 times. So that's where it changes depending on the type of contract and type yes. of partnership. So it sounds like first and foremost, you won't even touch a brand partnership unless it's a product that you've tried and you believe in. Yeah. Right. So that's like table stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, then it's really about like, what is this relationship like? And that can range from just like an affiliate or a coupon code that they track up to like, you know, a set number of posts across your assets. Mm -hmm. And then like, what about the, the measurement side of that? Like when someone, you know, certainly the, the coupon code is easy or the link is easy, right? but if they're working with you on just a certain number of posts mm -hmm. across assets, like. Does anyone care about measurement at that point, or is it just the brand? Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, they of course they do, but here's where it gets a little tricky, right? Like they have, an, if they have an agency, if they don't have an agency, um, if their agency is good, or if they're really just not cutting it, if they don't have an agency and their team is kind of lacking or new, like they might not ask for this, and that's where. I understand why a lot of brands are moving to that Instagram direct sales, like they can see the ROI. But I use a um, software, call it, it's called Influence Kit. So basically, have you heard of it? No, no. Okay, it's really cool. So basically, I log in, right? And it's my calendar. And I'm like, okay, I did a partnership with Farmer Focus today. I'm going to click on it. I'm going to upload all my links. I'm going to upload my stories. It links to all my analytics. And then I can send them a report, call it after 30 days, 90 days, and it stays up to date, right? So like cool. if a post goes the distance six months out versus like in the first 30 days, I can track that. So I use that because I think it's valuable for brands and for us to see how things are performing. But, you know, now some brand, now there's a bunch of different platforms where brands will be like, can you upload all your links and upload all your stuff to this so we can track it on their own, on their side? Right. But then I don't have access to that necessarily. So yeah, they care, but some of it I feel like still gets swept under, like sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. So I just try to make sure for my part, for my, especially my long-term partners, um, who we just like love and adore that I'm on top of it for them because I want them to succeed, you know? Yeah. For everyone listening, right, they have a product that they're trying to share with the world. Yeah. They're probably engaged in some influencer kind of relationships right now. Like, what are the metrics that you would recommend that they care about when working with someone like you? Here's what I would say. A lot of brands, a lot of people with a product that come, they want, they're like, okay, 
how many how much did this drive? I paid her this to how much what how did it convert? But then they only want to do one set of stories, let's say on Instagram. Hmm. Like not an in-feed, nothing like literally three to five Instagram stories. I I see it. Yeah. I see it firsthand when I track my foot like year over year. Like the successful partnerships, and it's a gamble because you don't know how it's gonna play out. But right. I know that if I have a year-long partnership with Branch Basics and I'm showing how I literally use their product in my home for my kids, for my dogs, for my for everything, yeah. every month, every other month, you're going to see it because people are going to start being like, oh, she actually uses that. Right. She didn't just share that one time. She literally is using that all day. I see it in the background of her other stories. And that's where it's important to remember, I guess you might be taking a little more of a gamble. Yeah, you might be showing out a little more, but it's going to go the distance. The one-off posts, I mean, I know we're talking metric. We were you were asking about no, metrics, no, that, this is amazing. The one-off posts are just never going to take. You're wasting money. Yeah, in my personal opinion. Yeah, so it's basically like don't splurge on Kim Kardashian posting once. I mean, you know. maybe Kim Kardashian posted once. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me be clear. She'll probably go the distance for you, but in general, you just have to think about it, right? Like maybe. I, I see it with a lot of my blogger friends. Some of the products that I don't promote, an example being um, like Athletic Greens. One of my girlfriends was saying like she promoted them once and, you know, it was just a weird day on Instagram. The algorithm was wonky. The affiliate sales, like, or, you know, the sales didn't come in quite crazy. The next month she talked about it twice. She actually threw in an organic post for them, like just in stories because she's actually using it and loving it. Then the paid one took off boom, they made 25K in two hours. I mean, it's just so obvious when it's the difference when it's a one-off and not. So my piece of advice would be find it. Also find influencers that really fit. Like don't just go for Joe Schmo because like he has, you think he has a follower account and he has a blue check mark. Is his audience all in on like grass-fed meat? Like that's like a friend of mine said to me, what's the affiliate program I should be in right now that's killing it? I'm like, well, I don't know. Does your audience care about this? If so, butcher, like for example, grass-fed meat, butcher box could be great. If your audience is maybe in like not into clean or healthier living, yeah. they don't care about spending that money on meat. They're not going to care. Yeah. Like they're, you know, so it's so dependent. So it's like, and I see it all the time. And I talk about it actually with like a, a few people at some agencies. It's like, why did you pick that person? That doesn't even make sense. You know? Interesting. So this has been amazing. I think to recap, my big takeaways are like, it all starts with alignment, right? Around who that influencer is, the creator with the brand and the audience. And then the other big thing is just like we know it's, you know, in order to build up your audience, it's all about consistency. It's the same thing when when actually trying to partner with an influencer. You can't just expect one post or one story does the job, but it's really about structuring the relationship to to try all sorts of things on an ongoing basis, not necessarily to see results immediately, but over a period of time, once you're kind of woven in. Yeah. And also, you know, thinking out of the box, like, do you do six sets of stories and then one you include a giveaway and they have to follow you. You know, if the brand is trying, I always say to the brand, like, what are your goals of this quarter? Are you trying to grow your Instagram? Are you trying to grow your Pinterest? Like that's helpful. 
So it's like, okay, what are kind of fun, cool things we could do? You know, would it be cool to do a virtual farm or not virtual in person in an ideal world farm tour where we come and, you know, you spend the money and you make it a really cool experience for some influencers and you pay them to come out. But look at that. Like, look what that looks like. You have six awesome influencers or six people who have platforms that have a good amount of people coming out, having the best time talking about, yeah, that brand, Stonyfield really is legit. Their farmers really go the mile, like go the distance, you know? Yeah. So I think also like stepping out of the box and thinking like of what you, what your goals are, obviously that should be always in the forefront, but also how can we do things a little different? I like it. This is great, Lexi. So everyone go check her out. Lexi'scleankitchen.com. I stand behind the recipes there. She's awesome and really appreciate you coming on today and sharing some of this insight. Thanks, Dan, and I hope it was helpful. This is so much fun. Yeah, this was great. Thank you.